to the screen test of time the podcast where we watch every movie ever nominated for best picture i'm susan raslin i'm david daw and this week we watched is it the second to last of 1940 i think it is i think it's next to last um don't we just i, I meant have that Getty- the same way oh right i we always do this we do this every time <laughs> fucking kitty foil that's all that's left is kitty foil. okay so the ninth movie and the 1940 nominees starring so many attractive people that i'm not sure that i can actually rate this movie in any way that has to do with the quality of the film yeah that's kind of the problem It's also this weird movie where, like, everybody kind of has their turn to be, like, the hottest person alive. I, yeah. Since gender doesn't factor into whether or not I find someone attractive, this movie was actually fully disabling to me. (laughs) So I don't know how you experienced it, but I had a really hard time. (laughs) I think I had a little bit easier time being annoyed by some of the Cary Grant portions of this movie. But by the end of it, you're like, right, motherfucking Cary Grant. In the first act... I mean, the very first scene, I was like, fuck Cary Grant. Right. And then he's not really given much to do in the first half of this movie besides make jokes about beating his ex-wife. To the point where you're like, not even Cary Grant's going to be able to turn this around. And then in act three, you're like, Cary Grant's kind of like one of the best people alive somehow? I don't understand. I definitely feel like this movie is going to lose points for me because the moral of this movie is real bad. Oh, yeah. It's one of those things where I was trying to track down the ending of the original play because I'm like, this is so weird. I can't tell if it's Hayes Code weirdness or is just 1940 weirdness, you know? Yeah, I don't know if it is Hayes Code weirdness. I mean, I think I could be wrong about this, but I know that this structure of movie, the remarriage comedy, actually came out of the Hayes Code because that was a way that you could essentially tell an affair story without anyone actually committing adultery. Right. There are so many structural things that are just like, well, very technically no one is doing anything immoral here. I think without this cast, this thing would totally derail about 30, 40 minutes in and just never get back on track. Yeah, yeah, because the moral is so reprehensible, and yet it's a delight to watch and also really hot. Yeah. And that's bad in and of itself, (laughs) but it could have been not a delight to watch and just miserable. We should probably do the general plot because there sort of isn't all that much of it. No. Catherine Hepburn is a wealthy socialite who is divorced from Cary Grant playing the just wonderfully named C.K. Dexter Haven, which is just every time somebody says it, it's fun. And then there's just a scene about- We'll get there. God, sorry. Yeah. I'm getting distracted because there's just so many good scenes. Jimmy Stewart, though, is also here playing a reporter who's too good for this shit. (laughs) 
who's been assigned to cover Catherine Hepburn's marriage to some Baxter. It really does not matter. (laughs) Right. He brings along Ruth Hussey playing a photographer named Liz Embry, who is also just the fucking best. And almost gets Baxter-edited and then doesn't, kind of? Yeah, it's weird. The whole, like, last ten minutes of this thing are very, very strange. The whole middle portion, though, is just as much of a sex comedy as you can have with the Hayes Code. And it gets close. Yeah. About Jimmy Stewart and Cary Grant kind of fighting over Catherine Hepburn, but also fighting over her through the medium of her boring fiancé no one gives a (laughs) shit about. Yes. That sort of culminates in Jimmy Stewart and Catherine Hepburn drunkenly spending the night together and not having sex, question mark? They definitely had sex. (laughs) I mean- I don't know if they had sex in her bedroom, but come on, the pool? Yeah. After the kisses that they share on screen, and then he carries her back not wearing her dress, wrapped in, like, a bathrobe or some towels with her dress thrown over his shoulder. I mean, come on. Anyway, the Hayes Code would like you to know very definitely they didn't have sex. For sure, because that would have been sex out of wedlock, and that isn't allowed. The Hayes Code tries to make you believe they didn't have sex. I guess they get you to a point where there's, like, plausibly, deniably they didn't have sex. He insists that they didn't, but also insists they didn't in such a way that, like, very clearly the social norms demand that they didn't. And so even if they did, he would say that. Yeah, but also the way that he insists that they didn't have sex is super hot because he's like, you had too much to drink and that didn't seem like a good thing to do. And I was like, oh, Jimmy Stewart, why are you so attractive? Yeah, it's great. And also I was like, wow, in 1940, people already fucking knew this. And this is also the section where like Cary Grant really comes into his own because he like covers for both of them and very clearly doesn't really give a shit if they had sex and like does a bunch of stuff that actually makes him seem like kind of a decent guy which is good because we're about to get to the end of the movie and the end of the movie is her boring fiance nobody cares about leaves her at the altar and jimmy stewart volunteers to marry her um, but then she goes nah that's good i do have a just spare Cary grant lying around right here <laughs> And I think I can just marry him. Also, your colleague has a crush on you, and, you know, I don't want to be a total asshole. Right. Then the movie ends with her getting remarried to her first husband. Yup, and it's weird. It is weird. They can't quite square the circle, even with a cast this good. So, at the beginning of the film, Catherine Hepburn has a sister, right? She's her little sister. Yeah, even though she's, like, way, way younger, and you're like, did she have a daughter? Because the sister is also, like super duper attached to Cary Grant for reasons that don't, I mean, I guess it's just like, it's fucking Cary Grant, but there's not like a plot related reason. (laughs) Yeah. For reasons that don't make sense. Come on. (laughs) Right. That's what I was going to say. And then I was like, well, it makes sense because he's Cary Grant, but like no one else seems very attached to him. And so I thought there was going to be some plot reason why she liked him so much. And there really isn't. She just likes him a lot. And she kind of acts as a 
like she's not a narrator but she's this sort of observer of what's going on and she has sort of the ability to fulfill the role that a narrator would sometimes which i think is actually really smart and felt much more like a capra kind of move than i would give george cooker credit for (laughs) particularly at the beginning so the very first scene is Catherine Hepburn throwing Cary Grant out and she stands outside in this like to her ankles, very Victorian, very unsexy nightgown that she is somehow managing to make look super hot, throwing his golf clubs at him and breaks one of them. And then he comes up and decks her in the face and she falls to the ground And all of that is done with no dialogue at all. I don't know. I personally don't think this helps very much, but I think the movie did it on purpose and it is worth noting that he like open hand covers her face and pushes her down. Like he winds up to hit her and then doesn't do it in a way that the movie is like, that's a line we're not going to cross. And I'm like, I don't know. You still crossed a line. (laughs) Like I, like I, I still don't. But I don't know. Yeah, she didn't get a concussion. Yeah. So it doesn't count? Yeah. That's not really how that works. But okay, 1940? He also like didn't punch her. He just shoved his wife to the ground head first. Right, right. With his hand. Right, great. Yeah. So it's, I mean, Cary Grant has a long way to scratch back from when that is the very first thing that you see. Then the sister comes in in the very next scene after you have a card that says it's two years later and talks about how much she likes Dexter and then says, is it true that he really decked you? I think is what she says. Everybody is sort of like, oh, let's not talk about that. (laughs) When I talk about how the moral of this movie is really fucked up, the idea that you should go back to your physically abusive spouse who has spent the days leading up to your wedding being a manipulative piece of shit trying to trick you into letting tabloid reporters and photographers into your wedding is not a great it's not a great message no like i say he comes around to being a pretty good guy in act 3 but like a lot of that is just that he's Clark Gable Cary Grant or Cary Grant I got confused because I was reading the part about Hepburn's proposed casting for this, which would have been terrible. Cary Grant. But he also seems to change his mind about some shit and become a better person. But it's been a day. Right. One, it's been a day. And two, I think Cary Grant is doing a lot of work performatively to make that the impression. Because the script is just like... I don't know, he's just there, and she kind of needed to shut up and be happy with her first husband. So it's very strange to me that, like, this is what Catherine Hepburn wanted to be her big comeback vehicle, because so much of this feels like the stars just putting in work to make this script work, because there's really not a lot here, story-wise. There's just not a lot to chew on. I think the reason that she wanted this to be her comeback role is because... 
Tracy, the character that she plays, is able to say a lot of stuff in dialogue that I imagine Catherine Hepburn probably felt. All this stuff about how she just wants to be loved and looked at as human and all these men in her life think of her as this icy, distant goddess and that's not what she feels like she is, but she doesn't get that recognition from anyone feels very like, oh, well, yeah, but everybody knows that Catherine Hepburn is this icy distant goddess. Right. The thing that makes it a weird script for her to pick is that she keeps having monologues where she says that, and then everybody goes, yeah, but you are an icy distant goddess, so like, what are you gonna do? And then the end of the movie is her going like, great point, guess I'll marry Cary Grant. <laughs> I think you're right. It's not like there were just tons and tons of scripts that would have let her explore that same material and then ended with her going, you know what? I don't need either of you. I'm going to fly airplanes now or like what the fuck ever. Though I would watch the shit out of that movie. Right. It is just weird to see Catherine Hepburn say all that stuff that I think you're right is really kind of Catherine Hepburn talking very directly through the character and then having the movie go, no, 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 you simple woman, and then have that be the side that turns out to win. I don't think that that actually is the side that turns out to win because you have the whole scene with Jimmy Stewart where he says that she's not like that, that she's full of fire and that she's oh so very alive or whatever and then they make out and it is bonkers hot yeah and then she marries carrie grant who more than anyone knows how many faults she has and saw her like make a complete and total embarrassing ass of herself and he's like yeah you know sometimes people drink too much and act like dipshits yeah her dad still thinks that she is that way and and i think as scripted it's supposed to be that, like, finally she learned to loosen up a little bit, which I don't think is how it comes off, but I don't think it comes off that way because of the acting. I think as scripted, this is kind of a movie about, like, an ice queen that learns to loosen up and, like, have fun with what she has. And, like, it doesn't play that way because Cary Grant and Jimmy Stewart and Catherine Hepburn are really fucking good. <laughs> They're way better than that. I mean, maybe Catherine Hepburn got the script and read into it what ends up being on screen, and that was why she wanted this to be hers. I would say that I don't think she should have married Jimmy Stewart, but I don't think she should have gotten back together with Cary Grant. I think she should have just stayed with Jimmy Stewart because, wow, holy shit. The reason that they end up swimming in the pool and sleeping together, question mark, is there's a party the night before her wedding, which I think is in celebration of her wedding, right? I assumed it was, because why else are they at a party until 4 a.m. the night before she's supposed to get married? Yeah, I think it's like the rehearsal dinner or whatever. And we know from earlier in the film when she and Cary Grant have a conversation about how he drank too much that she doesn't ever drink except for one time when she drank so much she blacked out and got naked on a roof and howled at the moon. <laughs> uh, which, you know, like, probably a good reason to not drink. And then basically everybody is a total dick to her before this party and her dad says really nasty things to her about how she's a frigid ice queen prude. What did he call her? Like perennial spinster no matter how many times you get married? Her dad, by the way, has 
driven back into the city after leaving the family for his secretary. No, a dancer. Right. Anyway, either way, he's a real piece of shit. Yeah. And is just like, you don't understand. We must all be governed by our passions. And it's like, yeah, but also you had two kids. So like maybe fucking keep your passions in check for five fucking seconds. You can listen to your passions. You don't need to be fully governed by them, my dude. Yeah. So everybody walks out and there's champagne that everyone else has been drinking. And she downs three glasses of champagne immediately. And then she's pretty drunk at this party. So is Jimmy Stewart. Cary Grant is not at the party. And what's his name? The Baxter. George Kittredge is the name of the character. The Baxter is there and he wants to go home, which is kind of reasonable because it's 4 a.m. and he's getting married the next day. But she doesn't want to. And then Jimmy Stewart leaves to go to Cary Grant's apartment or house whatever to talk to him about how i'm actually not clear on why jimmy stewart goes to carrie grant's house and i don't think jimmy stewart is either i think the idea is that like he yeah i i don't think he's clear on it either i can come up with a rationale but whatever rationale he walks in the room with he very quickly switches to a new one because he is doing just some stellar drunk acting in this scene oh my god he's so good and he keeps calling him ck dexter haven yeah his full name It's it's adorable. At one point, he just declares that he has all of this dirt on the Baxter and just demands C.K. Dexter Haven sit down and start typing up the story for him. He just goes like, oh, I could write a story about that guy. And Cary Grant is like, well, why don't you? And he goes, well, all right, then you start with and just like starts narrating the entire story then and there and like making Cary Grant write it all down for him. And there doesn't actually seem to be anything wrong with George, though one of the things that I take issue with in this movie is that George's flaw that everyone decides is the reason why he's unlikable is that he's not aristocratic, essentially, or an intellectual like Jimmy Stewart. Okay, that doesn't seem like the worst sin on the planet, but that's this movie for you. It's politics. Not very good. (laughs) Yeah, the actual ostensible thing that's wrong with him is, like, he leaves because he's actually too stuck up to marry her after she gets drunk one night. Well, and also probably slept with someone. At the very least, like, made out with and then got naked with. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's complicated. And that's kind of the point when this movie's politics isn't terrible. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's complicated. Also, the scene between Jimmy Stewart and Catherine Hepburn where they're flirting before they actually kiss is one of the most beautifully staged things I've ever seen because they're blocking where they keep getting close and close and close and then tearing away. But there's all sorts of different things that happen instead of them just like walking in a different direction and coming back together. Like at one point she's leaning over a lawn chair and he's sort of in the seat slash 
lounge part of it, leaning into her, and then she says something, and it's very clear that she's trying to get him to kiss her, and he gets up and walks away, and then they actually end up kissing next to a tree. Like, it's done really, really well. Honestly, it's just like, I don't even want to go into detail, because that whole segment is just like, every choice is good. The lighting is good, the costumes are good, the acting is good, the blocking is good. Every fucking beat is just magic. Honestly, this whole section of the movie, the party into the next morning section is just fucking stellar and really like makes it so that you kind of want to forgive everything wrong with the rest of the movie. Yeah. (laughs) Which is not to say everything else in the movie is bad. It's just the rest of the movie does not quite hit that level. No, no, it doesn't. And what I think is really interesting is that until that point... We're going in a direction where it feels very much like this is the story of a poor little rich girl. You know, her dad doesn't love her and is a dick. Her mom seems to be completely disinterested in anyone's emotions. Her little sister seems fine, but like, this is an adult divorced woman. She needs someone else in her life other than her 12 to 14 year old sister. Who also continually insists she should spend more time with her ex-husband, who did throw her down while they were married. Yeah. So that's not great. Also, she's 12 to 14, so, like, what are you gonna do? The scene before the party where her dad says really shitty things to her, and then she downs the champagne, I was like, this movie's going in a very sad direction. And then it went into a very different direction, and it was really enjoyable. (laughs) Yeah, it is remarkable to me that the entire third act is telling a guy to fuck off for slut-shaming Catherine Hepburn, basically. Yeah. It is two of the most attractive and talented actors in the world just going like, I don't know, calm down, man, it's Catherine Hepburn, she's gonna fuck who she wants to. (laughs) (laughs) that david that is the reason why she wanted to do this movie that's a real that's a good point she just wanted a safe place where the (laughs) fact that she was fucking married spencer tracy in real life was not an issue and it could be like no look it's fine and you're a bad person if you don't think it's okay that Catherine hepburn is having sex with whomever she wants to have sex yeah you nailed it (laughs) <laughs> again, again, I think, like, on paper, it's a bit more complicated than that. I don't love what it is on paper, but in practice, because of whose point of view you actually like and value, and because it's fucking Cary Grant and Jimmy Stewart, yeah, she made a mistake. Or maybe it wasn't. Who cares? Let Catherine Hepburn live. <laughs> right. Honestly, when Cary Grant is going around and making sly comments about how he should have hit Catherine Hepburn more often, I was like, Cary Grant is terrible casting for this. It is just bizarre how miscast he is. Right, because he's Cary Grant and he's way too likable for that. Right. But then that scene where he's acting opposite Jimmy Stewart while Jimmy Stewart is just drunk off his fucking gourd through to the end of the movie, it kind of becomes Cary Grant's, well, whenever he's on screen, it isn't this simple of a breakdown, but kind of the first act of this is Catherine Hepburn's movie, the second act is Jimmy Stewart's movie, and the third act is Cary Grant's movie. Yeah. In that third act, 
when he is just going around knowing how everyone is going to react to this and like slyly either stopping people from being shitty yeah or kind of putting them down for being so shitty it's great yeah it's weird i want to talk about this movie a lot but i also don't because i feel like everyone should just go watch this movie because it is a balancing act that in so many ways should not work and yet somehow manages to be really charming and really appealing and that's pretty fucking magical yeah i agree i'm gonna have some real trouble giving this movie a 10 because its politics are terrible and there are runs of it where even if it doesn't fully fall apart there are like 10 or 15 minute sections of this movie where I'm like, ah, uh, uh, mm, maybe, no, ooh, ooh, boy. Ooh, geez. Yeah, it comes <laughs> real close to the edge of the cliff. And <laughs> so many times. Yeah, I do think just because of this cast, like just Jesus Christ. People should watch this movie. The way that Jimmy Stewart looks at Catherine Hepburn when she is talking as if there is nothing else in the entire world is still, to me, the sexiest thing that I've ever seen. And he does it all the time in every movie, but somehow it's more in this one. I don't know. It's a lot. And then Cary Grant is Cary Grant. Right. Catherine Hepburn is very vulnerable and very bubbly in this in a way that I don't think she has been in anything else. She has lost the sort of annoying edge that she had in Little Women when she was bubbly. I think she's just allowed to have way more range in this than Little Women. Because there are a couple of like... Christopher Columbus adjacent moments when she is drunk. Yeah, but they're like cute I, I, and sexy. I agree. <laughs> I mean, she's an adult, I think is really what it is. I think there's that. And I also think it is because there's a range that she is given here. You know, once or twice saying Christopher Columbus, it's like, all right. But eventually it is a thing where even Catherine Hepburn can't pull that off. Right. It just seemed weirdly inhuman in Little Women. And here, I think she still kind of goes that broad sometimes and like that effusive. But because she also does other more grounded stuff, that just lands way better. What was that movie that she was in where she was like the obnoxious... Alice Adams. Yeah. She has the same sort of vulnerability that she had in Alice Adams, except she's not a detestable human. Yeah. Despite the fact that she's doing some really, like, not okay stuff, like, I don't know, cheating on her fiancé the night before their wedding, for some reason it comes off as, uh... I don't know. Maybe I'm, like, letting her off the hook for affluenza. But her fiancé sucks, and they would be disastrous together. I think there's that, and there's also, we left out, he leaves on pretty bad terms when he leaves that party. And her dad has just said a bunch of shitty stuff to her. And I think the movie kind of makes it clear that making out with Jimmy Stewart was probably not a great choice. I mean, it's always a good choice to make out with Jimmy Stewart, but, like, you know what I mean. In context. If I had a time machine, it's literally the only thing I would use it for. <laughs> well, I have other suggestions, but it's a top fiver. I get it. Nope. <laughs> if they're like, you have one trip, and I'd be like, can I make out with Jimmy Stewart? Yes, that's fair. That's I can hang out and kill Hitler. <laughs> 
Fair. Like, it's the same period. I think the movie does a pretty good job of balancing, like, this was a bad decision. People should be allowed to make bad decisions. I like that it doesn't let her off the hook in that way. I think a lot of modern romantic comedies would be like, well, he was busy, you know, with work, screwing Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> and like, so it's all okay. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. That he cheated too. And so morally, she's in the clear. And this is like, yeah, she probably shouldn't have been making out with another man the night before her wedding. Well, you know what it really comes down to is that the wedding shouldn't have been happening at all. Yeah. That's what lets her off the hook for the consequences of her action, but it doesn't say that her action was a good thing. But, you know, they have that scene with Cary Grant where he tells her that she didn't want to be loved, that she wanted to be worshipped in an ivory tower like a goddess. And he says it really hurtfully. And it's also very clear that he knows her well enough to know that that will hurt her. And that's specifically the opposite of what it is that she wanted. And the idea that that was what she was making clear to her spouse was that she wanted this thing that she didn't want. I mean, that's very complicated. But it's basically telling her that she didn't allow herself to be loved. Yeah. And then What's-His-Face comes around and is like, oh, no, but I worship you. You're a goddess. You're so perfect and pristine. And it's like you're made out of bronze. And it's like, oh, great. You don't see me either. They shouldn't get married. No question. Oh, for sure. The whole third act makes that case very, very well. It's mostly that I sort of had this weird experience of like only really realizing while we were recording that she cheated on her fiance the night before she was supposed to get married. Like, it it was not like I had already come up with a, like, reason why it was okay. It was that somehow I watched the whole movie and just that fact didn't process for me. It was just that immaterial. <laughs> yeah, that she had anything to apologize for at all just didn't click over in my brain. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> Because, like, that would usually be my stance. <laughs> I, yeah. And not yours. Yeah. So we should rate this movie. Uh, really quickly, though, I actually want to clarify something that you referred to earlier, which was what Catherine Hepburn wanted the cast to be for this movie. Right. And why it would be a disaster. She wanted Clark Gable as Dexter Haven and Spencer Tracy to play Jimmy Stewart's role. And holy shit, this movie would have been awful with that casting. I mean, first off, honestly, the difference between Cary Grant and Clark Gable is I would jump to this guy hits his wife for sure so much faster with Clark Gable. Oh, absolutely. Like the amount of violence that Clark Gable carries with him. Yeah. Clark Gable is the good Dexter Haven casting for the half of this movie where C.K. Dexter Haven is a fucking miserable human being. Like a drunk and a wife beater and it's a good thing they're divorced. Yeah. And they should never get back together. Yeah. He could not pull out of that nosedive. There is no way. No. And I love Clark Gable, as we know. But Spencer Tracy as Mike Connor. <sighs> No. no. One of the things that makes Jimmy Stewart so good in this role is whether or not he's actually younger than everybody else in this situation. He reads as younger. He has a level of naivete that is so critical for it. 
And Spencer Tracy has impressed me in roles before when I thought that I hated him and then I watched a movie and was like, actually, Spencer Tracy's a really good actor. But he does not have that quality at all. No. One of the things that I think is weird about the role of Mike Connor that, like, Jimmy Stewart manages to pull off really well is that Mike Connor is fucking insufferable. (laughs) That whole scene where he is drunk and, like, totally fails to notice that Cary Grant has left the room and just keeps monologuing is, like, super charming because it's Jimmy Stewart. But it's also like, boy, that is a real thin line. Yeah. Mike Connor's whole energy is like, he is too good for this. Like, he is too good to be covering this socialite's wedding. He is too good to notice his super hot gal Friday photographers really into him. He is too good to let Catherine Hepburn get married to somebody else now that he's noticed she's Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> Yes. Jimmy Stewart pulls it off. All of those seem like kind of understandable decisions when Jimmy Stewart does it. If Spencer Tracy did it, it would be his newspaper man character in that movie where we fucking hated Spencer Tracy. Yeah, it would be. Where he's just like this asshole who just will never shut up about how he deserves everything. And everybody else is a jerk. And who's always moralizing while having terrible morals himself. Yeah. So yeah. Would have been a disaster. It is remarkable this movie kind of isn't a disaster, honestly, but it really isn't. Yeah, I uh, I don't know what, like eight? Apparently the average rating on Rotten Tomatoes is an 8.78 out of 10, and I would like to not move that number at all. I think this movie is an 8.78 out of 10. I'm sorry. We've never given anything, anything so specific ever. No, and I doubt we ever will again. But this movie is an 8, it just is an 8.78 out of 10. I don't know what to tell you. It just like, I... I mean, mean, didn't we give the Thin Man an 8 for what's his name slapping his wife? I think we gave it lower than that, but also there's the, like... The Thin Man isn't as good of a movie. It isn't, and also that is a moment that just totally unbalances that film for me. It isn't just about that moment, it's that I spend the entire rest of the movie thinking about that moment. And in this movie, I do go, like, it's really shitty Cary Grant did that in the first scene. I don't know why he did that. I don't know why they keep making it. Like, it's bad, but then, like, it fights back against that in the last act, instead of the Thin Man, where, like, he hits her, and then the movie takes this turn... Now they no longer have this relationship of equals, which was what was the engine the whole movie was running on. That's true. Uh, yeah, 8, eight point, what was it? 8.78 out of 10. Yeah, I'll give it an 8.78 out of 10. Wife beating isn't cool. Don't do it. Being a manipulative piece of shit to ruin your ex-wife's wedding so that she ends up getting married to you instead also isn't cool. But it's a, it's a farce. It's a very sexy farce. Yeah. And if you have a time machine, please let me know. I will 100% kill Hitler 
after I make out with Jimmy Stewart. I feel like this is not- And Catherine Hepburn and Cary Grant. Okay, honestly, (laughs) that does make it a better pitch. Okay. I was just like, this does not seem like the best pitch to get somebody to give you their time machine, was really my concern. I said I would kill Hitler! (laughs) Right, but like, I feel like there are people you could get that would volunteer to just go straight to the Hitler killing. Yeah. Like, do that as job one. Look, I'm probably going to die in the attempt. Like, even if I succeed, I'm going to get shot. So, you know, I want to go out in a blaze of glory beforehand. Well, you raise a good point, and I will be giving you my time machine once our recording session is done. Yes! Uh, tune in next week if I get back mm-hmm. when we will watch the final movie in the 1940 nominees, Kitty Foyle. Starring Ginger Rogers, which is not a movie about aluminum foil and cats. I don't know what it's about, but I'm pretty sure it's not about that. I'm kind of disappointed now. It didn't even occur to me that that's what it could be about. Yeah, but there's TikTok. Like, if you need that, you can get it. That's a really good point. All of teen movie making right now is aluminum foil and cats. (laughs) Exactly. And until then... This was an 8.78 of a movie. I'm pretty sure this was just a porn. (laughs) (laughs) For you specifically, though. Like, I... Yes. 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 I cannot disagree with that. (laughs) Bye, everybody. (laughs) Goodbye. Are you still in love with her? Or perhaps you consider that a very personal question. Not at all. Liz thinks you are. Liz thinks you are. But of course, women like to romanticize about things. Yes, they do, don't they? Yes, they do, don't they? I don't know. I I can't understand how you can have been married to her and still know so little about her. Can't you? No, I can't you. I have the hiccups. I wonder if I might have another drink. Certainly. Thank you.